Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition of Flying Casual. Um, joined tonight with our uh, couple of representatives. Uh, we got our light side representative here, Jory. Um, he's going to be taking up the helm of the Jedi. Um, you got me here, Brent, representing the dark side. And my apprentice, Wade, who uh, he's going to represent our gray Jedi, because while he's my apprentice, he's a total straight shooter. So, you know, <laughs> I can totally see him dabbling on both sides right there and getting away with it perfectly fine. So welcome, gentlemen. It's been a long time since uh, the three of us have spoken, since really any of us have spoken here on the podcast. Um, but, you know, it's all been for a really good cause. I know um, for those of you who are members of the Facebook group, you were probably alerted to the fact that the pod father and pod mother, um, Michael and Holly, gave birth to a youngling um, during the off season, um, which is why the podcast has been on hiatus for the last couple of months. Um, while they... Uh, settle into the new parenting details. Um, a lot of us in the group are parents ourselves, so we kind of understand where they're coming from. Um, but for those of you who aren't members of the Facebook group, you're probably wondering what happened to the podcast. Um, and that's what happened. So I'm here joined with these couple of folks tonight. We wanted to uh, get a little bit of the podcast juices flowing again. Um, so we're here. We're going to give you a little uh, talk a little bit about family and Star Wars. Um, after all, Star Wars is a story about family. Um, so we'll talk about, you know, family from the aspect of stars and, you know, what stars means to family as well. So, Jory, Wade, welcome, guys. Like I said, it's been a long time. Um, Wade, I think the last time we had you on was during the the uh, Christmas special a couple of years back. Um, good to see you again. And Jory, we've all been busy and haven't seen you for, I think it's been close to a year. It has, so welcome. How have you guys been doing? I've been good, man. It's It's been a crazy year. I mean, I think pretty much for everybody, you know, uh, with just how life has seemed to change for, you know, almost everyone. Um, but no, it's been it's been really good. I feel like I've I've went through a complete like I, I had a new house. I uh, got a different job, uh, you know, just almost everything's changed. So, um, you know, it just it's it's been a good year i mean i've really missed doing doing the podcast uh you know i've kept in touch with mike and holly and and i was able to speak to them you know quite a few times and stuff and through texting and phone calls and stuff like that just to keep up with them but you know it's I think you know like you guys both know life gets crazy and uh and it's uh we definitely understand why uh why the hiatus has been how you been wade um to be completely honest with you, Jory, I think I'm probably the exact opposite of what you've been. I'm still at the same job, still at the same house. So, <laughs> I mean, but I guess no news is good news. Um, no, things have been fine. Things have been good. You know, no real complaints. Just, uh, just trying to keep uh, trying to keep the things alive, trying to keep the group going. You know, posting some you know nonsense, ridiculous posts or whatever. Trying to get some discussions going every now and again, but. You know, trying to fill that gap that was left, understandably, by uh, Mike and Holly because they had to step away because of the birth of their new one. But no, things have been good. I, Like I said, no complaints whatsoever. Yeah, good to hear everything's going good with everyone. Um, life is, you know, progressing as it can be. Um, you know, granted, things are starting to turn around from the pandemic. So, you know, hopefully things will be coming around. I mean, I know, uh, I mean, they actually rescheduled celebration this year, which is coming down in, you know, only a few weeks. And uh, speaking of celebration, if anybody is making their way out to California for it, um, hit me up in the Facebook group. Um, I don't have tickets. I can't make it there, but I do live in the area and uh, we can get together and have some beers at least and shoot some Star Wars stuff. And so, you know, I'll make that announcement right now. Like I said, uh, anyone that's coming out to celebration, 
definitely hit me up. Uh, we'll make some arrangements and at least go get ourselves a cold one. Um, so it should be pretty good. Um, but yeah, so going back, you know, like as we were saying, uh, Star Wars, it's a story about family. Um, you know, obviously the folks that are here talking about it, even everyone out there that's listening to it, it means a lot to you, um, probably your family as well, either growing up or your current family now. Um, so, you know, let's just kind of talk about it. You know, what is what does Star Wars and family mean? Um, what does it mean to you guys? Um, I know, you know, looking for me, as far as family goes, I was looking up a couple of stats. Um, so currently in the U.S., the average family size is 3.13 people, which means that folks are still having Anakin come over to babysit. Regardless of what they saw in episode three, they still, he's their go-to babysitter. So, you know, that's that's a good thing, um, you know, because, you know, Star Wars and family, it's it's what it's all about. And, you know, if you're going to go with the original daddy man, go with Anakin every time, right? You know, Star Wars, it's done a pretty good job with, uh, you know, covering a lot of the different types of families that we have. Um, you know, it definitely doesn't get into the nuclear family. The mom, the standard mom, dad, one and a half or 1.13 kids now. Um but, you know, it pretty much covers every other type of family scenario you can think of. Um, you know, have your single moms, you have your single dads, you have your, you know, for whatever reason, be a divorce. Uh, typically, Star Wars is because one of them died during the war. Um, but you're still left with those single parents. You have um, the adopted parents, um, which you got to give props to all those people out there that are willing to take in a child that's not theirs. That's like really stepping it up in the parent game. Um, so, I mean, but you see that, you know, right off the bat with uh, Leia being adopted. Um, granted, we didn't really figure too much of that out for a couple of movies when it first happened. But, you know, going back to it now, we all know about it. Um, you know, you got Shmi with the single mom. Um, you get into even the newer generation of stuff like that. You have Poe, who, you know, started off, had both his mom and dad, but then his mom died when he was young and was raised by his dad, um, both the war heroes and stuff like that. So, I mean, it really tackles, you know, a lot of the stuff. They haven't done too much with the LGBT community that's kind of been touched more in the books of recent but you know that's also been changed a little bit so hopefully we'll see more of that on the screen and they'll uh, start to approach that a little bit more but i mean you got the story of the single dad with mando i mean that's been going strong for the last couple of years um but you know what are your guys thoughts on you know star wars and family what is uh you know what do, what do you bring it up jory what you got no i mean i feel like i've said this before um probably in the past couple years I, I talked about um like the reason why i even got into star wars um it was because of my dad um <clears throat> he was a lifelong star wars fan went to it to see the movie i believe he was seven years old when he saw it uh you know and and saw everyone in theaters since and then you know when i got older um, I think I was actually, I know I was, I was seven at the time when I saw it as well. Um, so it was kind of like a cool little, you know, echo of, of his past and showing it to me, you know, and I fell in love with it. And then not too long afterwards, uh, I was able to, you know, experience the, the prequels with him in theaters and, uh, you know, and so it, I've had it in my entire life for as long as I remember. Um, and, you know, and that that part of the family has always been special to me as well, because, you know, it just just sharing that with my dad and kind of hoping that, you know, one day maybe I'd be able to share it with my kids. And I think seven's a pretty good age to to introduce them to Star Wars. So, you know, here I got a couple of years and, and I'll be able to share it with my oldest. So, um, but no, I mean, the, the family aspect and, and what they've done and the stories that they've told. And, you know, and how George just always emphasized that, you know, it, it is a story about family. 
And, uh, you know, and I think that that's it's super special. And it's what that it really is what has kept everything going all this time, um, because it's it, it truly is timeless because of those facts. It, it brings those those family values to the table and making it special for everyone. Um, and I feel like as much as even me looking back at, at the the original trilogy, you know, and watching it today and saying, like, uh, you know, like the graphics aren't there. The special effects kind of stink, you know, and, and things like that. The the story behind it and the the amazing um, the, just the amazing storytelling that they do and, and including that family, that those family values is what has made it a timeless, timeless thing. Excellent. Well said. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't really agree more. Uh, you know, getting back, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. Um, so I was able to see Star Wars when I was a little bit smaller. Um, I probably started a little bit earlier than I could fully appreciate it. But, you know, having it on VHS and being able to watch it, you know, ad nauseum on the, the TV after the fact, you know, I was definitely hammered into me at a, at a young age. Um, I think I was, was I? I was nine. No, I was seven when Return of the Jedi came out. So I had already gotten the entire original trilogy and by that point in time like i've said before you know i probably didn't fully understand or appreciate especially empire strikes back um by that age but you know taking them in continuously um after that you know it it's definitely made a huge impact on my life i mean obviously i'm sitting here talking with you guys um and i've uh, been involved with the you know flying casual since you know they started off and even rebel watch before that and you know and it, just that whole group and even this family alone i mean this is this is really what Star Wars is all about. I mean, there's, you know, you got the family on screen, you got the family in your house, but you know, I got my Star Wars family as well. And you guys are great. And I can't really complain too much about that. Uh, how about you, Wade? What do you got? Well, I mean, kind of like what you guys were all saying too. It's like, I can remember being very young, probably like I said, about seven or eight years old. First time I saw Star Wars and yeah similar experience it's what you said brent you know watching it on the vhs tape that uh my mom had uh dubbed off of a tv broadcast and just kind of sat me down one day and just said here you know here, here's a movie for you to watch watch this and as they say it was all downhill from there <laughs> um i mean i can remember going and seeing all three of the special editions when they re-released those of the original trilogy out in theaters you know i saw prequels and then by the time you know my wife and i got married and we started having kids and they started rolling out the uh the new material you know my kids were old enough that i was able to take them along to see you know all of the new movies in theaters as well so that's <clears throat> kind of evolved into my uh, my tradition with them and you know the three of them are all you know they they definitely love love the franchise they love the movies they the kids have, of course been playing all the video games everything else they're chomping at the bit to get the new uh lego star Wars skywalker saga <laughs> but uh, i told them they're gonna have to wait a little while on that one but um yeah i mean it's and the thing about it is like you really break it down and it really does have something for everybody. Um, Star Wars is for everybody. It's for the old, it's for the young, even for people who have never gotten into it or never experienced it before. Um, prime example, uh, my wife who had absolutely zero desire to <clears throat> watch any of the films or digest any of the media 
um, didn't start watching the films until our kids got into it. And then she decided, okay, you know, sit me down and show me the movies. So we went through them all and watched them in. We did not watch them in release order. I believe we watched them in chronological order. So it started with episode one and went on through. But she's even gotten to the point now where she's doing a full canon read-through of all the novels that are coming out. So we've amassed almost all the books. I think we're on just a couple at this point. But she's been really uh, hammering away on them. She's actually on the first uh, Thrawn Ascendancy novel right now. So, yeah, the theme of family, I mean, it's definitely any, anything, anybody, anything can be your family. I mean, even like you said earlier, Brent, you know, it's like I consider you guys, you know, part of my Star Wars family because, you know, we're all, we're all here for the same purpose. It's that one thing that brings us all together. And, I mean, as long as you've got that, you know, you've got family. Right, was it? Lennon said all you need is love. That's all you need. I'd just like to interject myself in there. Uh, That is, you know, I did get to experience the original trilogy in theaters, you know, just because I want to I want to be included with the old guys here, Uh, (laughs) because uh, in 1997, they did their re-release of the uh, their uh, remastered edition and they did show them in theaters. And so I was actually able to see the original trilogy in theaters before you know, uh, the prequels came out. So, I mean, was it in 77? No. But, you know, 97 is the new 77, you know, just as close, right? That's right. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, Wade, you had brought up something. Um, when you started going through, you did the rewatch with your with your wife and set her down. Um, now, you said that you did it in the chronological order and not the release order. Now, I have a question. This has been hotly debated within the community for a long time. What is your guys' opinion? If you're sitting down with somebody new who's totally unfamiliar with Star Wars, what's the best way to watch the saga? One through nine or release order? What do you think? Me personally, for somebody who has never seen the trilogy before, or the the saga before, and I actually had this question come up not that long ago with a a co-worker, and I told her before, start with A New Hope, then do... You know, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, then go back to your prequels, then watch 7, 8, and 9, and then squeeze Rogue One and Solo in wherever you feel appropriate. Nice. Okay. I, How about you, Joy? I agree 100%. Um, I mean, I, I see the benefits to watching 1 through 9, you know, especially if you if you want to, you know, the storytelling and continuing through Um and if you want to throw in Rogue One after, you know, the third movie and you want to, you know, throw Solo in there, too. Uh, like, I, I understand why people do that. And, and you know, and if that's how you want to watch it, that's awesome. It's, but I think the first time watching it through to really captivate, you know, what George was going for and uh, kind of what the overall story was, it, it, it's really special to watch it four to six, one to three, seven to nine. And I think that you're able to, at that point, really appreciate the overall storytelling, but then just honestly, the, the cinematic growth that it went through, you know, over, you know, the years of 77 to 2000, what, 19 was when, uh, Rise of Skywalker came out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think, I think that that is 
my personally, I think that's the best way to teach, you know, to show somebody new to Star Wars how to how to watch them. Yeah, Wade, what do you got? Well, the only I'm going to agree 100% also with Troy on that one, but I'm also going to add in the fact that watching them in release order, that way you also maintain the reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's father. Because if you go back and you watch episode one through three first, the end of episode three is when Padme's given birth and she names the babies right there. And then in episode four, when it's mentioned about Anakin Skywalker, then Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. So there goes that surprise. So I think it's definitely best to go original trilogy first, then prequel trilogy, then sequel. Yeah, Joy. Now, I wonder, though, too, I mean, just because I, I agree completely with you on that fact, but I wonder, too, though, if somebody was brand new, you show them one through three and they get that that story and then they're watching for the first time, you know, four and five, and then they already have this knowledge of what's going on as far as, like, the backstory of the characters, kind of like we do with books. You know, we get a lot of times in novels, like, we have some information that because we're inside these characters' heads and things like that, um, and then we get to see how they react to things as they go. And I wonder how that would be, you know, knowing, oh, like, oh, crap, like, you know, Anakin is, or Vader is uh, Luke's dad. He doesn't know it, and now he's finding out. And then you get to see Luke's reaction to that and then wonder, like, how is he going? You know what I mean? Like, you you, mm-hmm. you kind of get the same, you know, and then you could be even thinking to yourself as it's happening, like, but he wasn't always this way, and he doesn't know this, and, you know, he, he doesn't realize, you know, what happened to him in the past. You know what I mean? And it it, it, it would take you in a different perspective of, of how you viewed things and how you know, things kind of turn out. Um, but I, th- I think it'd be kind of cool to to see both ways. Yeah, well, I know. I yeah, Go for it, Greg. Are either of you aware of what they refer to as the viewing uh, order? I'm sorry, you broke up. What was that? I said, are either of you aware of what they refer to as the machete viewing order? I'm assuming that's where they chop it all up so you watch it in complete chronology with everything, including Clone Wars and something like that. Basically, basically the way you go with it is you watch four and five, then you go back and do two and three, and then you watch episode six. So you're watching the prequels is kind of like a flashback kind of thing. Of course, this order was also set up at a point in time when everybody was majorly slamming Phantom Menace, so they just cut it completely out of that if you want I, to I noticed it. one wasn't mentioned there. <laughs> I, I, I've actually been, you know, I haven't heard it called the machete, uh, the machete um, the viewing order, um, but I've been kind of thinking about that. You know, how to do the, the ultimate, the epic Star Wars cut to where you mm-hmm. could watch it in a way that you basically start with... Um, um, Force Awakens and started episode seven, but then cut it in a way to where everything as she discovered stuff, it right before she discovers it, it happens in a flashback. So, you know, mm. it's nothing spoiled and stuff like that. So as like she discovers, oh, this is the Falcon, you cut back to the Falcon. As she discovers Luke, you cut back and that's, you know, and that's where the flashbacks go. So eventually you wind up with the whole thing. And, <laughs> it, and, but to watch it from kind of Ray's perspective as she's learning everything. Because she's, you know, the total outsider in all this. She's a Palpatine, as we come to find out later on. But she's, like, you know, farther out there than Luke was on Tatooine. 
because she's just completely lost. It's like she's heard all these rumors. She knows all these people. But, you know, it's like she's been holding on to that hope that it's something more than just a story. And then when she finds out that it's a story, it's like you kind of see that sparkle in her eyes. Like, oh, I have a chance. And then to like to see it from her aspect and like watch that flashback, but like the ultimate to where there's like, you know, you don't get anything spoiled because everything's really like revealed. Like you could flash back to five and right as Vader's about to say something, then you flash back. And so, you know, none of this stuff spoiled and you get all those like, and it just builds up that way. And it's like, that, I think that would be kind of a cool, you know, if you got 15 hours to sit around, you know, obviously without throwing any of the cartoons in there, um, but to do the, I mean, even throwing in solo and rogue one and doing it, you know, adding that in. So, you know, you get that 15, 17 hour movie marathon. I think that would be pretty vision. No, that'd be pretty cool, especially because, you know, it's been speculated for a long time that R2 is is the one that's, you know, telling the overall story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the the only problem with it is that R2 is not always in every spot that, you know, we see. Right. Um, so, you know, unless somebody were to go to R2 and, and record it and, and, you know, explain to him what happened and things like that, it doesn't always make sense that R2 would be the overall narr- narrator. Yeah. I mean, you now, the first half hour of Phantom Menace, that's totally lost because R2 wasn't there at all. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, you'd never know that the negotiations were short. Yeah, how would he? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would know. But uh, I think the the that would be almost an even cooler way is because you know you have a, a force sensitive that you know sees through or you know maybe she gets a little bit of a, a, a force power to where you know she touches certain things or uh, who was that that did that um, in the it was a clone force novel. Yeah, well, the Force Collector did it as well. Force Collector and the Fallen Order. Oh, Fallen Order, yeah. Well, I was thinking the Clone Wars novel that we actually read for the podcast. Uh, it was... Um, oh, uh, Quinlan Voss. Yeah, Quinlan Voss. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if she had some sort of, of po- or powers like you know Quinlan had, you know, where she, she was able to touch something and, and see its past, you know, and, uh, you know, that'd be kind of cool, especially because, like, you'd be able to actually have you know, these stories told, you know, through somebody's perspective without, you know, thinking that it's like R2 and and things like that. Uh, But I don't know, man, it's, there's, there's so many future possibilities that, you know, they could take this. Um, And, you know, and I think it's also in good hands. I I did have a couple questions for you guys that I I was thinking about actually earlier, and I didn't even bring them up to you guys yet. You know, hold on, before we get off the last topic, um, I just had a quick little comment to make uh, in regards to the whole watching order. Um, um, I know you guys have mentioned the whole dichotomy of watching it first. And, you know, if you see one through three first, and then you kind of know what's happening. Um, I kind of made that mistake with my daughter when I showed her the original trilogy. So it's it's kind of something I've always been fighting with here because, you know, obviously I saw them in the release order because I'm old enough to do so. Um, but then, you know, when I started showing to my daughter when she was around four, you know, I was like, which way do I do this or whatever? You know, so I, so I started with number one. I'm like, you know, what? let's just watch them in order and we'll see what happens. And I can say. I think that was wrong. For a, for the first time viewing, you have to watch them in release order. Um, you're number one, as you guys said, you get all the reveals. You know, none of that stuff is spoiled. Um, but from her her aspect, and maybe it was just the age that she was at, she hates Obi Wan and she hates Yoda, because when you get to episodes four and five, she's like, why are they lying to Luke? And that she couldn't get past that, as you know, maybe like I said, maybe it was just her age, but she couldn't get past the why are they lying to Luke? They know that's not true. Why are they telling them lies? And so now 
Well, Yoda is her least favorite person. And I, it's really difficult to get her to watch The Mandalorian because there's a baby Yoda on there. And she's like, no. She's like, I, I'm done with this guy. And it's like, and Obi-Wan, who is almost everyone's universally favorite character, is like, she's he's a step below Yoda or maybe a step above, depending on how the ranking ladder is going at that point in time. But yeah, just because that she can't get past the fact, you're like, why are they aligned to Luke? And so from that aspect, especially if you're dealing with a small person, I would definitely say do it in release order. Um, you know, that may be a totally different scenario if you're dealing with somebody that's more of our age. But, you know, how hard is it to find somebody that's our age or even of, you know, a reasonable age where you could sit down and have a beer with them while you're watching this movie that hasn't seen Star Wars before? That's a really hard pull nowadays. Or, yeah, you know, to, at least not already, you know, to be able to go in with it, not knowing that Vader, you know, without all the reveals and, you know, doesn't know anything, you know, doesn't speak Dutch to where they know that Darth Vader means Dark Father and German and stuff like that. To, you know. <laughs> no, exactly. In in that <laughs> no, that's that's perfect. Um, actually, where I was going with mine was kind of connected to where what you know, what we were talking about. Um, because it, I think that where Disney is taking these, you know, um, or where Disney took them, you know, is into Episode Nine. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that don't like where Disney took um, took Star Wars because it took away from the EU or Legends or whatever we want to call it at this point. Um, because you know it it was all these stories from the past that we got a novel. You know, we got in all these novels, but that weren't always interconnected. You know, and so Disney almost was forced to at that point say, hey, we're going to slate clean, you know, we're going to take this in this direction, you know, and it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't connect with everything. Sorry, I think I have a plane flying overhead now. It doesn't always, uh, you know, go with what we've known from the past, you know, but we're we're making this into our future, you know, and whether you like it or not, you know, this is just how it is. Um, which I think is good for Star Wars because, you know, now we're setting it in a, in a certain direction and in 10 years from now, five years from now, whatever it is, if Daisy Risley decides she wants to come back, we can continue this, um, you know, Skywalker saga or lack of Skywalker saga, whichever we want to believe. Um, but I just kind of want to your guys' take on this, um, because like for me, like I read, uh, EU stuff um, I got into Legends a bit and, you know, and, and I had a, I probably read maybe 5% of, of what was out there, maybe, you know, um, you know, but, and I really enjoyed what was out there, but for somebody who is in the younger, I guess, like one, maybe one generation below you guys, you know, you guys might've gotten more into, you know, this, the EU and things like that. Did you enjoy what Disney did or did you was it a slap in the face to what, um, you know, had come before? You got anything to say on this, Wade? I'll let you go first. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I really didn't get too much into the EU. Um, even after the original trilogy, I really didn't start getting into any of the <laughs> Legends material until they were considered Legends after the uh, Disney buyout and the majority of what I read um, was more of the, the old Republic era. So it didn't, you know, really affect too much as far as 
what the um, what the future of Star Wars became. The only thing that I did read um, that I really enjoyed that would have you know basically changed the course of the present timeline, so to speak, was the um, the original Thrawn trilogy. Timothy is on Fear of the Empire. Uh, Dark Force Rising, Last Command. Um, those were fantastic stories. And had um, heck, had Disney, you know, decided to go that route, that those books right there would have made a hell of a sequel trilogy. But we got what they got. What we got. Um, I, as far as the sequel trilogy is concerned, I'm kind of to the point now where I'm. On the uh, on the fence about it, and I guess that's the uh, the gray side coming through again. But um, I mean, I really enjoyed it when it first came out. I mean, yeah, I had some issues with the Last Jedi, and after I left the theaters after watching Rise of Skywalker, I really enjoyed it. But then the more I sat down and started thinking about and analyzing things, it was just like. I mean, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I think they just could have done a touch better than what they did. And I think it was to rush too much into the final movie, and I think it kind of should. Oh, no, for sure. And I agree, especially, like, you know, I think that that Disney's lack of direction from 7 to 9, um, it was very evident, you know. Like, I, I agree with you completely that that at certain point <clears throat> you know you have to you have to start at one spot have a whole timeline drawn out and then you know hey we're gonna hit this this and this no matter what no matter if you know jj's gonna direct all three or jj ryan jj like they did or jj ryan colin you know like they were going to um you know i think that there's definitely um room for critique there you know and and i'm i also critique what they did um but i think the the biggest thing for me was you know that people would get angry because the eu was cut out and uh and i think that it was that disney was justified in doing so just because they're like hey you know even though maybe we don't have a direction of where we're going to go we know that these certain things in our in the past that have been written you know, might not line up to what our future, you know, is going to be. So even though we might go back and pick off of, you know, things that they've done and maybe even in the future make them canon, um, right now, pretty much everything from whenever it was like 2014 and in the past that has been written in novels is now considered legends and is a part of our you know, our overall Star Wars, but it's not a part of our canon story. Um, and I think that people got upset about that, but, you know, I think that they were justified in in the story that maybe they wanted to eventually tell and, and in doing so. Brent, how do you feel? I, I'm i sorry, I had to run off screen there because I'm going to say a bad word in a moment and I had to get a refill. Um, so I missed a little bit of what you guys are saying, but I'm pretty sure, I'm sure uh, following what the gist was. Um, you know, I would probably going to agree with a lot of what you guys just said. Um, I know from my aspect of it, I mean, I was heavily involved with the the extended universe. I'd read probably 90% of what was out there at the time. Um, the really stuff, the stuff I hadn't dabbled in yet was all the, 
the prequel and before era. So like go any of the stuff dealing back with the um, like the pre rule of two stuff with uh, Revan. I had never covered that. I finally got into that um, last year and uh, read those guys with Darth Bane and uh, some of the Revan books, which I was so pissed at myself that I never did previous to that because uh, they're really, really good. Um, but, you know, and the Yuzan Gong series, I mean, I know there's uh, there's a lot of hate for that, even from the extended universe community, just because it was 20 odd books long. And, you know, a lot of it was just like, this, there was probably two or three, five books that were like the same story, just repeated over and over again because they had to milk it out for whatever reason. Um, but I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of good stuff that came out of the Yuzan Bong series, and, and especially from the extended universe aspect of it, because it really dictated what happened with at least the final two series that came out. The one with uh, Darth Cadis when Jason goes to the dark side um, without the Yuzan Bong being there, that wouldn't have happened um, because that was really the, the triggering point that tipped him over the edge. Um, and then you get in and at the point in time when Disney purchased it and said that EU is basically 86 and I mean that it was never canon to begin with because George is like George never counted it as canon it was just yeah I give you permission to write stories because you know I'll take the money um, but it was never canon to begin with but at the same time when Disney basically said you know these are totally unrelated to anything and are not going to count towards squat I was on the I just started the very last novel of the Abeloth series Sorry. Pour one out Rob, for your homies. That's right. Rob, you better be drinking too. Damn um, it. <laughs> but I was on the last book there and I was at the time I was just so pissed that they did that, that I never finished that book. <laughs> I just basically, I went, I went to the library after a couple weeks and I'm like, you know what, here's my EU collection. And I donated it all. Cause I was like, well, it doesn't really count anymore. I'd already read it. So it's not like I didn't have the knowledge, but you know, I, and I kind of look back at myself now and I'm like, oh, that was kind of a silly thing, but you know, at least I gave them to the library, so they went to the semi-good cause. I didn't just sit there and, like, leave them on the street, and hopefully somebody would pick them up. Burn them all! Oh, well, we were going camping in a couple weeks, so that was a really good possibility. But, no, I sent them to the library. Um, but, you know, and and the take I've, I've come to now, and I, I've said this before, um, I look at the EU now as one massive force vision that Luke had. Basically, he set the funeral pyre to Vader. They partied that night on Endor, and that night while he was passed out, he had this massive force vision and that was the EU. Um, and what do we know from Yoda saying that the force is always, the future is always in motion. So basically everything that Luke saw, it just didn't come to pass because, you know, maybe he woke up that next morning, five minutes late and that was enough to change the trajectory of everything in the future. Um, you know, all that fun stuff. So that's kind of the way I view the EU now. Um, and because, you know, there's always a hint of truth in every legend. So, you know, there's always that that's just a massive volume of work that everyone from Lucasfilm can pull through. Um, you know, you don't have to take it out. You know, there's stuff that maybe Luke and Leia did in, you know, in those books that now it's going to be moved on to Poe and Finn and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, the story is there. It's just, you know, and it, when you think about legends, like you think about, you know, going all the way back to, uh, you know, Zeus and the Greeks and stuff like that. You think about the Odyssey with Homer, um, you know, and just the stories of uh, Ulysses coming back and stuff like that. You know, how much of that stuff has a kernel of truth in it? But, you know, we can all consider them legends now and they're all myths. But, you know, there's there's a hint of something in there that's true. Um, and so that's kind of the way I view the EU now. And, you know, and hopefully, you know, and if, you know, if you kind of take that mindset to it, then, you know, you can go back and you read those stories and you can enjoy them for what they are. Because, you know, yeah, they're not there, but maybe they did. You know, maybe it was just something a little bit different. 
you know, and you think about even in the news media today, where it's like something happens and, you know, yeah, is that the really way it went down? But, you know, that sounds pretty good. So, yeah, what do you got, Wade? The one thing that I've actually really started to notice and I can actually really appreciate is that um, Disney has kind of started to, you know, pull legend EU content into the current canon. Like we've now got, you know, Admiral Thrawn as a, you know, canon character. Um, Revan has been mentioned in name, you know, and brought back into canon. So, I mean, you don't know. I mean, they could take what was set up in the old EU and say, yeah, okay, like this. we don't like this, this works, this doesn't, and just kind of like semi-wipe the slate clean, but then go back and pull these little nuggets and these little bits and throw them into what they're working on. And as long as they go about it the right way, I think it's really going to work. Absolutely. I'm uh, totally on board with you there. And yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's all we can really hope for is that, and, you know, and Filoni's there, um, you know, he seems to be pulling Favreau and Favreau, well, you know, he seems to be, you know, writing for that era that was, you know, or at least uh, not really the era because that was pretty well heavy, heavily covered in the old EU stuff from, you know, the first five years after everything went down. But, you know, it's kind of taken it from a different aspect of it. Um, but, you know, they, they're both aware of all that stuff that's there. And you can see, you know, even some of the stuff that came in from, you know, seven, eight and nine, you know, some of the aspects that were pulled from, especially the Darth Cadus series, um, you know, and Leia's, Han and Leia's kid going to the dark side, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, they were a twin, but, you know, you, you got to deviate a little bit from the book if it's a legend. So you can't just totally take it straight off the face. Plus, you know, there's all the copyright information and you'd have to start paying those authors all that extra royalties and stuff like that. So I can see where they, you know, you pull a little bit, you pull just enough from it that you don't got to pay that person. Um, but you kind of run with the story and, you know, kind of make it your own. So, you know, all of a sudden it's like, they only have one kid, but there's another girl there who's got to go take him down. And, you know, yeah, he, she didn't wind up killing him. She, you know, was able to turn him back to the, to the light side and, you know, and tying that all in with, you know, Vader's ultimate reason why he went to the dark side just to, you know, save the person he loves. Um, and, you know, to kind of wrap up Rise of Skywalker with, you know, ultimately that's, you know, what everything came down to is, you know, saving the person that you care about. And, you know, how do you make that happen? And just, just the ultimate sacrifice, you know, yeah. Somebody's going to live, but somebody's got to die. Um, it's just who's going to be the one to do it. Um, I th you know, I thought that was beautiful. And, you know, and honestly, that the scene where Ben was, was redeemed in Rise of Skywalker on the edge of the crumbled Death Star and stuff like that was probably the most beautiful thing I've seen filmed in Star Wars. Um, just the way the 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 whole scene went from just massive 120 foot waves to the sea is calm, from you know storm clouds in the background to now the sun's peeking through. It, it's just the whole thing was just awesome. Um, and you know and you get the you know you wonder how much Leia had to do with his conversion because you know she happens to die at the same time and there's, there's so many aspects of everything that went on with that movie that just it's it's so great regardless of all the crap that it gets but you know kind of going back to Star Wars and family is there anything else that you guys honestly for me no not I mean I, I feel like there's it's such as a broad topic that there's just so many things that go through my head when I think of, of, of Star Wars and family. And I, I think you even just kind of touched on it right there. Like the most recent one, you know, with, with Ray and, and Ben and, you know, how like they, their, their journeys, you know, through the Star Wars universe and how, you know, Ray didn't know her parents. Well, she knew her parents until a certain age, and then she didn't have a, a family, you know. And then all she had was uh, Uncar Plutt, and uh, 
you know, and then it seemed like the next family she found was Finn, you know, and, and, and after that, it's Han for a short time and then Leia and, you know, and, and, uh, seeing how, how, you know, her journey went and, and how much family played into that. And then you have the complete opposite side with Kylo who had, you know, family galore and, you know, and, and it's just the the difference in their paths and how it took and you know basically Ben had everything and or you know in in the wide ver- version you know he had a mother and father that loved him but didn't did they love him enough and you know he had an uncle that loved him but did he love him enough you know it's just things like that and and uh, in seeing you know how everybody's you know their their journeys you know went through and it was all kind of connected to you know their upbringing and and how you know, their family and loved ones affected them. Um, but I mean, I feel like we could literally just pick out almost anyone in the universe and, and, uh, you know, figure out, you know, what happened with them when they were young to make them the way they were, you know, way to, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely brings back kind of what I said before about, you know, as long as you've got a connection with, you know, another person, you know, you can consider, you know, that person family as long as that connection is strong enough. Um, <clears throat> I mean, and yeah, definitely Star Wars definitely plays on those themes quite a bit. I, I, I think we pretty much wrapped up this topic. I think we're all in agreement on it. Um, did uh, you have something else we wanted to? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out one more thing to kind of wrap it up. And yeah, and as you were saying, you know, it's really what you make a family because, you know, Hera had Chopper for the longest time until she met Kanan. And then, you know, after Kanan was gone, she had Chopper again and Jason. Um, so, yeah, it's it's family is really all what you make of it. But um, so I'll, I'll throw this one in here and it, it, hopefully it'll transition well into um, a second topic here. Um, <clears throat> end of Revenge of the Sith. So Obi-Wan, him and Anakin are going at it and he tells him, I failed you, Anakin. Um you know, and I've been thinking about that a lot, you know, and, you know, how exactly did he fail him? And I'm thinking, you know, and since we're touching on family and stuff like that, I have two single or not single fathers here, but I have two fathers here. Um, you both got kids. I would think that Obi-Wan, he didn't truly fail Anakin until he left him burning on the side of Mustafar. He could have given him the old force Vulcan neck bench, you know, knocked his ass out, drug his ass over there. And if he would have let him hold his kid, I mean, you guys, tell me, that that right there wouldn't have been enough to change Anakin back. And if not, he could have finished him off then. And, you know, at least it probably would have been better off overall than the way he left it. Um, you know, what do you think? If he would have brought him back and given Anakin the opportunity to hold this kid, you know, either one of them, you know, do you think that would have changed anything going down the road? Or would he still have had to then finish him off right there in front of Padme? Oh, no, no, not at all. I mean, I feel like... I feel like there's so many points in revenge that if they played out just slightly different, you know, by Anakin or Obi-Wan that Anakin would have came back to the light. Um, And I mean, but thing is though, is that we just wouldn't have this epic story, but that being said, you know, there's like you said, I mean, Anakin gets to see his kids without a doubt he stays on the light side you know 
whether he dies because Sidious comes and, and kills them all, you know, who knows? Um, but uh, but no, uh, if if Anakin gets to hold his children and if Anakin doesn't choke Padme in the first place, you know, like, I mean, there there's just so many different spots that just one thought differently or one action that went just the other way. Anakin doesn't go to the dark side. Um, you know, and and I agree completely. Like if 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 he sees his children, it's it's game over. You know, you you do anything for your kids. Wade? Yeah, because I mean that was the whole reason that Anakin fell to the dark side was because he thought going to the dark side was going to give him this power to save Padme, who he thought was going to die in childbirth. Basically, he made that situation happen. He fell to the dark side. That was what caused her to die, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, had the fight on Mustafar gone slightly different and somehow Obi-Wan managed to subdue him rather than just completely mutilate him and leave him burning on the uh, the banks of the lava river, um <clears throat> Had he gotten the chance to, you know, see his children being born and see the fact that, you know, Padme survived through the birth, yeah, I absolutely think that would have been enough to pull him back. And I've seen, you know, plenty of different, you know, designs online, concept sketches that people have done of, you know, Jedi Knight redeemed Anakin Skywalker. And yeah, there's some pretty wild ideas out there that would have been amazing to see on screen but kind of like what what you said jory is that had that happened we wouldn't have gotten the amazing storyline we got out of it could you guys imagine anakin next to padme in the birthing center going ooh bah ooh bah oh that would have been probably something that would have taken uh, that would have been the extended edition and probably wouldn't have made the final cut but then again <laughs> you see what luke lucas left in some of the prequel stuff so it might have made the final cut uh, they had a show. Don't make me laugh they, taking a they drink. Totally... <laughs> so, you know, we'll run with that and, uh, you know, kind of going off the whole Obi-Wan transition. I know you guys have seen the trailer for the new uh, the new Obi-Wan show. It's coming out. It's you know, less than two months away. We're so, so close now. How super excited are you guys for this? Wade, fire away. Sorry, I picked on you because Jory was fiddling with something. <laughs> no, that's fine. And I get you if you know anything about me, you know that without a doubt, I am one hundred and fifty percent jazzed for this. Obi-Wan is my boy. He always has been. I've always been, you know, a big Kenobi fan. Um, heck, in fact, when I started collecting replica lightsabers, the first one that I got was Obi-Wan's. You know, just because <laughs> You know, you, you can't go wrong with him. And from what I've seen from, like, a little bit of the trailer, and I did actually read the Now Legends uh, Kenobi novel, um, basically about his time on Tatooine after giving Luke over to uh, Owen and Beru. It looks like they might actually be pulling, you know, a couple little snippets here and there from that book and working it into the new series. So, yeah, absolutely. I am totally on board for this. You know, all the Internet hate aside for the look of the Grand Inquisitor, you know, whatever, who the heck cares? 
No, I mean, I'm super stoked, and we still have that one. We still have one, right? You know, f- the internet. Like, no, it's just everybody that is that is against, you know, what's going to happen and, uh, you know, all the all the negativity coming towards it. This can be a, such a toxic community sometimes, you know, and and it, and it honestly it bugs me because, you know, they're they're trying to give us what we wanted. I mean, we've been asking for Obi Wan for forever, you know, and we finally get you uh, Ewan to come back, and we get Hayden to come back, and we get you know just all the things that the stars that we didn't think would align have aligned, and there are going to be people. And it's always the loudest people that get heard and say the dirty things about it. Um, you know, and I I'm not here for it. I'm just so stoked, you know, for the series. I have not. I have stayed away from <coughs> excuse me, uh speculation and things like that. I honestly I'm going into this series as just I mean, just completely staying away from all spoilers, all everything. Um, I have no idea what's coming. Um, I have just through my own thoughts of, of speculation as to, you know, who might be in it. And we actually might do a little bit um, here coming up between the three of us, uh, uh, choose the character. Um, but other than that, I have completely stayed off the Internet and and just, you know, I want to enjoy this, you know, for what it is and, and for what, you know, we've been asking for years uh, for for Disney or Star Wars just to give us that backstory. Go ahead, Brent. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm totally right along there with you. I've been trying to stay away from as much of the speculation crap as possible, um, which I feel really bad because, you know, our boy on the council, Scotty. He runs himself a really, really, really top-notch webscast over there. Um, but he gets into all that sort of speculation crap. And unfortunately, Scotty, I got to stay away from you in some of these topics that you start to delve in. Um, but if you guys are into that sort of stuff, dude, definitely check out Scotty's uh, Scotty's uh, YouTube channel. He gets into all sorts of different stuff, Star Wars, Marvel. Um, if it's you know sci-fi, weird, dorky, nerdy sorts of things that you want to find out more about, definitely check out Scotty's site. Um, but unfortunately, Scotty, I got to stay away from you because you start talking about all the shit that I don't want to know Hawks, about. Hawks Holocron. Who, what? Hawks Holocron. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Wait, Hawks Holocron. Yep. Yep. Hawks Holocrons. Definitely go check him out. Um, he, he puts out some quality content, but unfortunately, it's I don't want to hear about it right now, Scotty. I'll hit you up after the episode comes out. Yeah, stay away from <laughs> me, Scotty. I, I, I've watched Scotty's stuff in the past, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, but like you said, I am staying still. Very clear of everything Star Wars that Scotty's putting out. He's done some stuff with Marvel stuff that I've watched, and it's been all really good. Um, yeah. And I've Marvel, watched his stuff. I don't stuff... care crap about, so I'll watch it all, <laughs> all, all, right, all day long. <laughs> See, I do, I do, and I've watched his stuff about Star Wars in the past, and it's fantastic. I just uh, right now definitely not listening to Scotty. Sorry, Scotty, but Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, totally looking forward hey, to the he, new. He had me on for an episode when we fully sat down and broke down and discussed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, you know, I got to give, you know, my boy Scotty support. Um, yeah, he absolutely does run a top notch show over there. So, any of that stuff, definitely go check out Hawks Holocrons. Definitely. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to the show coming up. Um, you know, I, and I think, you know, I know there's a lot of conversation going on when this was first announced about the whole Vader and uh, Obi-Wan duel that's going to, you know, likely going to happen somewhere. It seems like it's going to happen on the Inquisitor planet. 
um because there's you know all the talk about the watery world um and you know and at, at first i was kind of torn about it but at the same time it's like you know all that was said in a new hope is i haven't felt this presence since everyone assumed it was on mustafar with uh, the last time but you know we don't know. And, you know, and that's kind of the great thing. And it's even, you know, and it's one of the things that Lucas did when, you know, the way he built the story and the way he built it from the ground up is, you know, as he added on each new installment to it, it changed the interpretation of the one previous to it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, and that's really the greatest thing. You know, Lucas has always said that he wants to be an experimental filmmaker. And, you know, one of the greatest experiments he's ever done in filmmaking is Star Wars, because um, just from that aspect of it, because telling it out of order as you add the next one it changes the interpretation from the one previous and you know for 30 years we did that and then you know and even jj carried that along a little bit with the new sequel um you know those stories that you know it, they were disjunct enough that they were kind of told on their own but you know there are some aspects to them that you know changed a little bit of the way you interpret the old stuff and you know and that was kind of right along the vein of what lucas was doing the entire time and so um, you know, and I think this is really, really good, uh, you know, especially the Obi-Wan. I think this is going to be the one, first one that really, really touches on that and uh, really gives us that kind of a different introspective of what happened in the past. Yeah, Joy. Yeah, I mean, I think the really cool thing, too, is that, you know, <clears throat> they can still see each other. Or at least in my aspect, they could still see each other, you know, between uh, Luke or sorry, geez, Luke, Obi-Wan and Vader and still have the same meaning you know even the line of you know uh the last we saw you know you were the master um and, and things like that because what only we'll say seven ish years has passed since this is gone i don't know it's what the actual years. is it 10 years okay that, yeah, that's, that's official that's okay saying. cool 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 yeah i had not read that yet but even at 10 years you know um you know that still puts obi-wan so much more ahead of vader you know he's 10 years into his dark you know conquest uh and you know maybe he's still that much that much better than than uh vader is at this point you know you never know i guess well, it would be from the Sith perspective i mean vader was still only ever an apprentice he was never the master exactly exactly <laughs> so i mean like it would be it would be for me it would be so cool if they met again, you know, even if they didn't fight, like they don't have to fight. It'd be awesome if they did, but they don't have to fight. But, you know, if Obi-Wan's still just such a badass that he's like, yeah, we're going to wait until he gets old and wrinkly before we go at him again. You know, like it would be it would be really cool to see Ewan McGregor like take this role of Obi-Wan and, you know, take it kind of like a Luke you know, as he went into his exile of, you know, he is just downtrodden. But then when he decides to pick it back up, he is just this just badass dude. No, definitely. I mean, thinking about it from that aspect, I mean, you know, Vader, he's been training for 10 years as a Sith apprentice. So he's, you know, he's had his lightsaber in his hand probably 23 hours a day for the last 10 years you know, either training or killing something. And Obi-Wan hiding on Tatooine has probably held his lightsaber in his hand, ignited, what, maybe once? I think, it, it, assuming that we uh, look to the Kenobi book as, you know, canon, or quasi-canon, yeah, he ignited his lightsaber, what, maybe twice in that entire book? So, you know, in the last 10 years, he's, you know, 
you know, ignited his lightsaber twice, let alone used it in any sort of meaningful fashion, and that he's going to then go up against Vader and at least, you know, escape, which means he, you know, did something quasi-decent enough to, you know, get away from him or whatever. I mean, that that alone just sells. He's like, dude, what have you been doing over there, Vader? You little chump, dude. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I just adds so much to Obi right there. It's 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 going to be awesome, and I can't wait for it. It's 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 going to be great. And, you know, in whatever story they want to tell with this, I mean, it's I think it's going to be good. I think it'd be cool if they just showed Obi-Wan, like, using his lightsaber just for, like, household things. Like, you know, he's like, I gotta start a fire. Like, this damn firewood is just too long. I gotta chop it up, and we gotta, you know, it's just these, these nights on Tatooine. Like, it's really hot during the day, but it's so cold, you know, just, just for stupid little things. But he's like, yeah, I'm using it, but not really. Instead of sweeping, he turns to sand of glass and... Is, is, that why, is that why Ben's hair is so bad in episode four? Because he was using the lightsaber to cut it? Very uh, much so. Yeah, uh, and, and like good. instead of sweeping, he's just like using the force to just push everything to the side. And yeah, I mean, I mean he has ways to train without training. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be learning how to get himself into that whole ghost world anyway. So he's got some other stuff on his mind. That's true. Maybe <laughs> that's why he age so much you know like he just he's like it's a little stressed out well, i mean i mean he looks good after 10 years so it's really that aging happens in the last nine years he's on tatooine and those are the yeah. years that luke hits himself into teenage yeah, exactly so that's totally exactly what i was about to say I mean, my daughter's yeah. getting ready to turn 13 here so i totally understand that degradation of obi-wan in those last 10 years there on tatooine yeah well baru I mean, yeah baru and and uh and Uncle Owen, they did the same thing. I mean, well, they had Luke for the first ten as well, so I can understand how they went down so fast because they actually had him. Obi Wan's just sitting up there with his little binoculars, going, "Yeah, look at him pod race, ha." <laughs> right. No, no, no for they're sure. The one sitting there going, "Dude, get off that pod racer, man." But, but we yourself. still have this, we still have the same actors for Baru and Ben, you know, and and right. if you look at them now versus what they looked like in the the OT, you're like, ooh, you know, well, like his his teenage years, he must have been a dick. Like he, that's he it. <laughs> entirely possible. I mean, always trying to go off the Toshi station, get some power converters, and never coming up. You know, that that'll do it to anybody. Luke, <laughs> as the father of a teenage daughter, I will contest to this that yes, the stress level is. <laughs> I say, my, mine's uh, three weeks away from uh, teenage inauguration so yeah i'm right there with you mine is four she acts like she's a teen but she's still four um oh, that's right very, mine's been doing that since she was four so very very much so controllable though still um thank <laughs> goodness but uh yeah i am very glad that those years are are, are at least for now they seem in the distance i guess uh, that's only because you, you can still palm her head pick her up <laughs> basketball give it another year and that's all over they go by quicker than you think, Jory. Trust me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there's so much fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Obi-Wan, I think it's going to be great. You know, as long as they don't over-Disney-fy it like they did with the Book of Boba Fett. Holy crap. I mean, I, of all the characters to Disney-fy, Boba Fett was not the one I was expecting. Holy shit. You know, the little band of jelly beans that he had, you know, they were super cute and all. But... Dude, did you really need to have each of them on their own screwdriver with a different color? I mean, that was just like, uh, dude, I, I was thinking Sleeping Beauty is like, there's, there's three, it's like, oh my God, yeah, go wait. 
Yeah. You, you had a, an established gang of, like, an established speeder bike gang that was already out in the desert. They could have just done that in Mas Espa, had them on speeders, not the multicolored, you know, scooters. I mean, I understand it was kind of a nod to the Who's Quadrophenia. I get it. But at the same time, it just did not fit. It didn't work for me. And then that whole scene where the um, the mayor's assistant was trying to get away. I'm just going to go ahead on record now to say slowest chase scene ever. Yeah, I, I think he might have been going slower than OJ was back in the day. I, I would totally agree with that. Where's uh, that for Bronco? Yeah, exactly. That was it, it. Was it was the it was the Twilight ass driving the Ford Bronco. That was what was going on in that scene right there. If you and you guys have all seen the memes. I know what you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very much so. No, I agree. But yeah, I mean that entire scene is like the show was really good, and then that five minutes just totally killed the entire series. And it, I, I don't know, maybe just from my aspect, it never fully recovered. Mm-hmm. It was really really close until the dude did the spinning maneuver. And again, you know exactly what part I'm talking about because it's the other classic meme that came out of that series. Because, um, you know, spinning, it's always a good trick. So why not do it? <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, I always spin. But always. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and it, it, there's just a lot of things about Book of Boba Fett. I mean, I, it's the, I, I don't understand why the Mando was in it so much. I really don't understand the whole Luke and Grogo scenario because that seems like much more of a Mandalorian-related sort of thing um i think i posted on it in the uh in the group you know just combined everything call it the outer rim and just put the whatever the hell you want on for that episode and then you can talk about whatever the hell you want you don't have to have any sort of coherent lineage with the story because it'll pick up eventually and you can just film whatever you want because everything's taking place out there anyway it's not like you've made your way into coruscant you haven't gone anywhere else you're just sticking to the outer rim so you know just call it that and do whatever you just tell whatever story you want and then it's more like the cartoons to where i have this story and i have that story and eventually they'll all tie back together and everything will connect but you don't have to do it like day after day no i definitely agree i think that i honestly think we could do a full podcast uh us three again if we wanted on this this topic itself because it's there's just so much to go into but i i 100 agree i think favreau in a way kind of painted himself into a corner um when he decided to name these you know and called it you know mandalorian and then mandalorian 2 and then i think he realized during book of boba fett while he was writing it that he wanted to you know make that reunion again so where like when they go into mandalorian season three or even potentially ahsoka depending on when her story takes place that you know mando and green bean were back together you know and so i think that that story kind of got overtold during the book of boba fett so then the future stories could you know continue but i agree with you um brent um and i thought when he posted this in the in the facebook group it was perfect that you know if you just made it called the outer rim or or whatever we wanted to call it you know, and just made this one continuous story and said, hey, here's season one, season two, and, you know, however long we wanted, chapter one, you know, to chapter 10 in each season or whatever it was, um, that that would have been a a more a more uh, coherent and cohesive 
way to tell everything instead of convince you know confusing everybody like hey we're gonna call this one the book of boba fett but really it's about three episodes about boba fett and everything else is kind of packed in there too um but i mean i i thought that it i thought the overall season was really good um but like you said there was a couple things in there that just so like oh you know that was try to those were forgettable or we wish they were forgettable yeah far away wade the one thing that i actually really took away from the book of boba fett the thing that i actually really enjoyed the most was the addition to the tuscan raider um history the mythos the story the fact of going into like their their actual culture and i mean if you know anything about me you know i've got you know strong ties to the native american community and the native american culture and you know that's absolutely what it was the tuscans were the native americans of tatooine and it was just so cool to get that that glimpse into their everyday way of life and because in the the oldie, it was often stated, I think it was mentioned in the Kenobi novel, that one of the customs of the Tuscans was if they had captured someone, and if they survived for, you know, a certain stretch of time, you know, going through all this, you know, rigorous, you know, torture and everything else, they were considered, you know, a part of the tribe. And that's essentially what we saw happen with Boba during those flashbacks. You know, yeah, did we get a couple of cheesy kind of corny moments? Absolutely. I mean, come on, like a bad thought. I mean, but <laughs> it was still cool to see him interacting with them because he was learning from them at the same time they were learning from him. So it was, it was, I just thought it was really cool to see that side of. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, man. And and I, as much as, like, I haven't embraced my Native American as much as you have, but I'm an eighth as well. So it's pretty cool. Like, um, my my grandpa, sorry, I got to remember this. My, I think my great-grandpa was full-blood Cherokee. And, uh, you know, and so I was able to, through my dad and my grandpa, when he was still um when he was still alive i was able to kind of look back into you know some of my heritages too and 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 learn about little things like that and so i thought that that putting the history of of uh the uh the jesus peach the tuscans (laughs) brain fart uh the tuscans in there was awesome because you know I, i thought it was it was such an inclusive way without Disney flying, Disney flying inclusiveness, and and I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about there, but I feel like sometimes Disney will push things to a way where it's like so obvious and in your face that they were like trying to show like, hey, we're being inclusive, but you know what I mean? Like it doesn't come off genuine. Where I thought that that part of it was so genuine of like, hey, we're showing you these outsiders that have been an outsiders in every single, you know part of star wars and we're gonna make them you know very human and very like hey these are awesome people you know and uh you know maybe not awesome maybe awesome isn't like the best way to describe them but like hey they do things for a reason you know and and uh really like i i thought that that was an awesome part of of the book of boba fett and i i connected just the same way as you did wade 
Yeah, I got to agree with both of you on that one. Um, you know, I thought the the flashback portions of the book of Boba Fett were really, really well done. Um, I think that was probably the most um, intriguing portions of that entire series. Um, and, and, you know, when I first saw that there was in like 45 minute episodes, I was totally stoked. I'm like, oh, good, because Mando was only like a half hour. I'm like, oh, great. But at the same time, when you walked back there, it was 15 minutes of like bullshit happening in the present. And then the half hour of what went on in the past to where if you could have just done, you know, four flashback episodes and then taken those 15 minutes off of those episodes and put them into a couple of other episodes, you would have basically been able to cut out the Mando and Grogu portion of the storylines and fulfilled, you know, what you wanted to do with it. And it would have been the book of Boba Fett. And, you know, and we'd already gotten used to half hour episodes from Mando, so... You know, it just seemed like by putting those extra 15 minutes in to try and give us a little bit more, you kind of shot yourself in the foot almost in the overall scheme of the story. Um, I mean, yeah, granted, everything that went on with Tuscan, with the Tuscan Raiders and Boba Fett coming out of it and his recovery, that was completely awesome. And then the stuff with him, once he gets Fennec Shan and the building up of stuff was really cool. There was just, you know, like I said, the jelly beans, who needed the jelly bean crew and, you know, some of the other stuff. And and yeah, it was really cool at the end because I guess you have to have the force in there somewhere. So eventually you needed Grogu to come back and, you know, do his little, you know, go to, go to sleep, maybe Rancor, go to sleep. Um, so we can all snuggle together and, you know, make it all cute at the end. Um, you know, so it was just a couple of things. It was like, I don't know, maybe they had him on scene cause they're already filming Mando and it's like, Oh, Hey, why don't you just come on over and put a couple of extra scenes on here? It's like, you know, and you got, um, you got the the mechanic from most pillow over there and it's like you know it's like why did she need to build him a ship during boba's show i mean that entire episode was like where was boba in that and you know and there's just some of those sorts of things it's like you know if you would have just laid out the storyline a little bit better you know and yeah it was awesome to see an extra 15 minutes of star wars so i'm never going to totally complain about that even though i'm complaining about it right now i'm not complaining about it in a negative way i just thought it could have been done slightly better um, and you know, those things could have been pushed back. Or like I said, if, if you just rebrand the collection of series that you're trying to push for right now, cause it seems like even Ahsoka may fall into this once Ahsoka comes out. Um, and then if the Ranger Republics, cause they're all taking place in that same time frame, cause it, you know, it's all, it's all taking place out there. It's all taking place in that same general time of what's going on to where, you know, if you just combine those four shows into one massive thing, then you don't have to worry about crossovers. Everyone's already there. And it's just like, you don't have to worry about what story you're telling. You just tell a story. And they'll eventually, they'll all feed back into each other. And I think, you know, that would probably pay itself out a little bit better. But, you know, Obi-Wan, I think being disjunct in the timeline from everything else, I think it'll, uh, you know, it, I think it'll help it out and not be so reliant on some of these other stories because it's got to be more self-sufficient. No, I agree. I think that if they wanted to include Mando in there, I think, in an, and I haven't, like, really went back and watched it to see where I think they could piece it together. But you could potentially put, you know, Din in there and the whole Din and Grogu, you know, storyline. And maybe told it throughout the series versus having a full episode, you know, just reliant on it. I think that if they kind of did just like how clone wars does you know and they like you know you have multiple different storylines going at once and you know you could cut away for five ten minutes you know and kind of start telling a little bit of their story next to mando and that you're next to um boba and everything that he has going on and if you took that and then kind of made it throughout the series maybe it wouldn't have taken such an impact on us like it did because you know they they cut away for 
like an episode and a half, you know, out of the entire mm-hmm. series, you know, just to tell this um, this Din and Grogu arc that was really well told, but in the same, <laughs> it's the Book of Boba Fett. So, like, you know, it kind of took away from you know audience expectations um and you know and i don't know like i said if if they could have went back and maybe from episode two to episode six told it in a you know five minute ten minute segment throughout the you know the entire time and maybe made it a little bit better for us um or just different um in the delivery to where people aren't talking about it so much but you know i don't know it's i i feel like it for me, it didn't take away, but I definitely understand other people's perspective of like, hey, like this was supposed to be about Boba Fett. Boba Fett's a character that we've loved, you know, that has really like it hit in pop culture in the 70s, you know, let alone <laughs> or maybe 80s. Yes. I think 80 is when, uh, um, yeah, Jesus, oh, Pete's Empire came out. Um, but either way, like, it, it, it is something that OG fans have wanted and, you know, really, you know, been salivating for for forever, you know, and then you put in the new Mandalorian and people get a little bit like, hey, man, like this is supposed to be our guy's time, you know, and you're, we're bringing in this new guy still. Um, so I definitely understand why. All right. So you guys want to do some... Uh, you know, who we might see in the Obi-Wan series uh, coming up? Do it. Yeah. All right. Sounds what, good. What are the rules here? Is this so the rules are, answer? it's, it's going to be an either or, um, just kind of like we did last time. Um, and so uh, I'm going to make a a, uh, a list of it right here. I have it in front of me. And uh, and we'll see. We'll see what we think. Actually, you're going to have to cut this out. So I... Realize I just had a uh, dog on yeah. I uh, I have Leia or somebody else, and I had somebody in mind, and I don't know yet. Do you want me to give you guys them um, right now so you can kind of think about it for a second? No, I just it's it's more fun when we have no f-ing clues what the hell you're gonna say. Okay, I had. <laughs> I. And I'm not cutting any of this. This is way too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do that. Editing is our friend. Okay. All right. So right now. We have an explicit lyrics warning that goes with it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, sure. Who will we see in the Obi-Wan series? And I have Ahsoka or Qui-Gon Jinn. Brent, to you. God. It's got to be Qui-Gon because Ahsoka would just be weird. Wade, you? Are you trying to swallow, or you don't want any of them? No. That's a that's a tough one because you know. Okay, are we talking seeing, or are we talking just their presence in some way or another? They will be in the series. Period. Just they will be in the series in one way or another. In one way or another, either be be voice or um, or we actually see them. Okay, then definitely Qui Gon. Because, yeah, if we hear his voice, that would be just fantastic because we all know he did not learn the ability to form, fully uh, manifest himself as a force ghost. Right. No, so, and I, I, I actually can't yeah, quite on over. So. Any other way than a flashback, then they just screwed up all of canon. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And, and a lot of these, 
I'm assuming probably will be in flashback, but I guess we never know. Um, so, and these next two, because I actually thought that the first two would be the more obvious. I think Qui-Gon will be the most obvious that we would potentially see. Um, but the, for these next two, it's it's pretty kind of up in the air. Satine or Maul? Maul. I don't think we'll see either of them, but I think Maul would be more likely because he hasn't met Satine at this point in time. <clears throat> this is still five years before Rebels. Um, oh, wait, you said Satine, not Sabine. God, I'm such Satine, an idiot. not Sabine. <laughs> Satine's God. already dead at this point. Obi-Wan's like lonely out there if he's thinking about her. Yeah, I can see Satine, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, now that I got my character straight, I'll go with Satine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going Satine? Yeah, I'd say Satine would make much more sense than Maul because Maul doesn't know where he's at. So if he, that would really screw up Rebels if he found out that he's on, sitting on Tatooine. <laughs> I'm going dark side on this one and going with Maul. All right. Or they could potentially tie, you know, the Crimson Dawn thing into things. So why not? All right. I'm, I'm also going to go with Maul. Uh, shoot, this is the same because Solo was 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, so this is the same timeline to where she could have just on her way to go meet up with Maul, just stop off at Tatooine for a, a quick refueling session and run into Obi-Wan, and maybe that's how he gets to Mustafar. Oh, wow. I know, man. There's, so, there's oh, just God. Endless possibilities. So, good. so, so what, are you sticking with Satine there, Brent? Oh, I'm still going to stick with Satine, yeah. Okay. All right. So our next one is... Will we get Cody or Rex? Oh, dude, Cody would fit him so much more. Because <laughs> Rex was Anakin's boy. Cody was his. Oh, God. If you're going to do either of them, it's got to be Cody. Because he wouldn't, I mean, Rex would be cool, but he wouldn't care as much. Cody was the one that turned on him and shot his ass off. I thought you top out. Wade? I'm going to have to agree with Brent Cody. I went with Cody as well. All right. <clears throat> and so for our last one, will we see Leia or her new stepdaddy? You answer, Wade. I, I took the last ones first. Bail Organa. Bail? Definitely. Definitely Bail. We might get a mention, but I think we'll see Bale more than we'd see her. I think we'll for sure see Bale at some point, just because it seems like Obi's going to leave Tatooine for at least a, a quick little jaunt. I think he'll run into Bale. But I think Bale may have Leia with her, because we already seen the small Luke, so why not throw a small Leia in there just for funsies? And I'm actually going to go with Leia. Yeah. Pepper, I like it. All right. So the only one we don't think is we don't think Rex will be in there. And the only reason I even put Rex in there is because <laughs> the same same guy is going to be playing them both. So <laughs> No, I guess uh, we'll keep a running tally and uh, we'll, we'll put it on the Facebook page. And actually, maybe tonight or tomorrow we'll put it on the Facebook page anyways and see what the community has to say. And, and we'll kind of see uh, who uh, who the best the best choice would be yeah you got to put some polls up there 
That's right. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. Phrasing. Oh, phrasing. It's been it's been too long. We had to throw it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, or are we uh, we closing it out? I think we're pretty close, but you know, we were talking about this earlier, so let's do a quick little rapid fire. If a Star Wars character walked into a bar, what drink are they ordering? Dre, we'll start with you. Leia, Ooh. what's your drink of choice? Ooh. You know, it's actually really funny because <clears throat> I actually chose differently for Leia a long time ago because at first, it kind of depends on what era Leia we're talking about. But the Leia we're getting now, she's like an old-fashioned, 100%. And that's what I'm drinking tonight. I'm going with the old-fashioned. So this would be Commander Leia, old-timer Leia. She's General drinking Leia? General Leia. She's drinking the old-fashions. Nice. Wade, how about you? <laughs> Leia, what's she drinking? I I'm going to go with a younger Leia and say she's drinking a Cosmopolitan. Nice, nice. I'm just going with any age Leia, and she's drinking a dirty martini. Because she's Shaking. just getting down to business. She's not going to mess with anything. She's just just like the old-fashioned and just like uh, Cosmo right there. You're getting the majority of product, and you're going to get the job done. Because that's the way Leia yep. does it. More bang for your buck. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on from Leia, let's go to her brother. What's, what's Luke ordering? Go to Wade first this time. Wade, what is Luke ordering? Blue milk. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> um, so is it like a blue Russian? Yeah, sure. Why not? No, I don't. Yeah, you know what? We'll say that. White Russian. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Luke uh, has done a lot of... Uh, he's done more training than he has done alcohol consumption. You know, he's not really into it. Probably be a lightweight. I bet he'd be into some fruity drinks even, you know. So we're going to go with, he's going to go with Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama. Wow, that's going to get the job done too. Because those things, have got, they packed a little bit of a punch. You know, I'm sticking with Luke as a lightweight. But I, I'm thinking he's going to go himself with the Miller High Life because it's the champagne of beer. Because Luke, <laughs> he's just that type of dude. He, he's a little step above. So I'm going to go with the High Life here. Um all right, Darth Vader. Let's get, let's you know we'll stick with the family. What's Vader drinking? Wade, you first. Wade, you first. Anybody ideas? Uh, I, I, I got nothing right now. So. Uh, straight bourbon. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, thinking. one million percent. He's going straight bourbon. We're gonna go with Woodford Reserve, just because <laughs> it's on my on my desk right now. That's, he's that's gonna a good go. Choice. He's gonna go classy. He's gonna go a little high dollar. But he's just straight bourbon. Yeah, no rocks or nothing, just straight. Nothing. Glass. No, no, no. He's he is he's not even chilling that stuff. He right. is straight, just boom. Yeah, it usually it's just straight out of the bottle because why why waste time on a glass? Exactly. I got yeah. shit to do. I, I would totally agree with that one there. Young moves um, to kill. All right, let's finish it up. Han Solo. What's Han Solo drinking? You want me to go first? Sure. Why not? Wade seems like he's contemplating there. Yeah. <laughs> Han Han is drinking. He is going with a bourbon barrel aged I or not IPA Imperial Stout. You know, he's he's in for those he's into a into a craft beer only because he's like, hey, this tastes good 
and it's it's hardcore. It goes pretty hard. If not, I mean, he's just drinking straight bourbon too. Like he's just he's that guy. He's drinking hard stuff, but but he likes it to taste good. He's going some bourbon barrel aged imperial stouts. What are you thinking? He's drinking with? Yeah, I was I was I was definitely thinking somewhere along the uh, the route for Han. <clears throat> so uh, whether it be a. Uh, a Jack Daniels game or something like that. Something, something classic. Something you know, not necessarily easy, but like you said, something that's gonna get the job done and kind of maybe calm this frazzled nerves a little bit. Nice, nice. I like it. You know, I'm thinking something. You know, uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna pack a punch. It's got to be something that you know it's gonna get the job done. Maybe like a zombie, but he's only gonna have one of them. Because he's still got to make the Kessel run when he gets done with his day. So, you know, you got something that's going to set you level. You you may be bumping off a couple of asteroids here and there, but eventually you're going to level out and you're going to finish that drop up. I am so disappointed in myself that I didn't say zombie. <laughs> no, and, and this is this is a whole tie back. So my grandpa actually just passed away. I was uh, really close to him. Sorry, I'm not just. He passed away three years ago. Um, and, uh, I was super, super tight with him. He drinks zombies. My grandpa is the only person I have ever met that remind, that reminds me to a T of Harrison Ford. And I mean this like to a T, my grandpa, the way he spoke, the way he delivered things, he was Harrison Ford. And so you saying zombie makes me disappointed in myself <laughs> that I did not say that Han Solo would drink a zombie. Okay, I'm going to be disappointed in myself and be that guy and ask, what the F is a zombie? Oh, dude, a zombie is like six or seven liquors, and they're all... I know it's topped with Bacardi 151. Yes. And I yeah, only yes. remember this, because one of the times I went to Vegas, back in the day when the yard margaritas were the thing, we went up to the dude <laughs> making the yard margaritas and go, you know, what else can you make in that thing? He's like, whatever you want. He's like, dude, can you give us a zombie? And he just kind of giggled at us. And he made us, all four of us, a yard zombie. And there was about three inches of 151 at the top of that bad boy. And holy shit, I do not remember much of the rest of that evening. But that singing <laughs> was super good. <laughs> super duper good. God. Yes, it's uh, usually a light rum, a dark rum, Bacardi 151 on top with uh, blackberry brandy. A juice of your choice, which we would usually go like orange juice or some kind of an orange with pineapple because then we throw pineapple juice as well. And then uh, we always put a little bit of punch in it as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's super good and it will mess your night up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the sweet version of the Long Island iced tea. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. a, but it, honestly, three foot jar. Honestly, it's a better version of Long Island iced tea, and it is fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'll to uh, quote the uh, TV show uh, "How I Met Your Mother." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, on that note, fellas, you guys got anything else for this uh, fabulous family of uh, flying casual <laughs> folks out there in the world? No, man. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just super stoked to be back um, doing this again. It, 
it's been a long year and uh i miss you guys i miss mike and holly um uh as much as we've been able to you know all stay together on the facebook group and and that's been going pretty well obviously for the last little bit it's been a little dead um but i'm just excited to get back into it and 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 i miss miss those guys i miss dugan and rob and scotty the guys we haven't seen even luke you know we haven't talked to luke in a, in a while um you know so it'll be really cool to see if uh this gets the those creative juices back flowing and, and gets everybody you know wanting to do a little bit more absolutely, absolutely. you got anything that are close out with their wins no, I'm definitely uh, glad we uh, got together to do this. Um, it's definitely been a time well spent, and it's been uh, too too far, too long of a time away from this. Um, it's great to see you guys. Great to hang out and you know just talk nonsense about Star Wars and alcohol and everything else. Awesome. Well, you know. Coming from all of us here, it's been really great to see all of you guys again. It's been really great to talk some Star Wars. Um, yeah, hopefully the creative juices start flowing again. The podcast starts coming back online. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope for the best for Michael and Holly. You know, I hope everything's going good with the little one. Um, you know, completely understand, you know, it takes a long time, especially with the first one, to get, in and get, your, uh, get your wings flapping the right way again and actually make sure you can take flight. And that everything's kosher, you know, and all I can hope for is that their little one is extremely healthy and that everything is going great for them. And that, uh, you know, regardless of everything that's going on in the world right now with the, you know, the winding down, hopefully, of the pandemic and you know, we don't get another uh, variation that goes and goes ape shit on everybody. Um, you know, hopefully Ukraine kind of settles down and Putin stops being a total dick. And, uh, you know, things over there kind of settle back down because then, you know, gas prices will come back down and it'll make uh, people actually coming out to celebration in California, you know, possibly feasible because right now I know travel is ridiculous. Um, you know, getting out here, you know, even if you were to make it out here, it's like you couldn't really do much of anything because, you know, everything's so freaking expensive out here in California right now with the gas prices and food prices and everything else. But, you know, it's kind of been that way for the last two years. So. You know, we're a resilient group here, at least within the Flying Casual family. I can only hope that the rest of the Star Wars community has been as quasi-resilient as we have. Um, you know, hopefully this will get the folks that have been quiet from the Facebook group kind of back active on there. Um, completely understand Facebook with its political BS that happens when the, any of the uh, elections come around. Um, I completely understand the, how that quiets down. But, you know, we're still all out there. Everyone else, you know. Who gives a shit what the rest of the Facebook says? But, you know, come and hang out with the Flying Casual crew. We're still hanging out. We're still having a good time. Um, you know, we're trying to get some conversations going again. And, uh, you know, it, it's been great. I've missed everybody. And it's so good to have everyone back. And, you know, I hope everyone has been doing good. I hope 2022 is a, if it's the last two years haven't been good, I hope 2022 is a major turnaround for everybody. And we get ourselves back on track. And, you know, that's all I can really hope for for this year is, uh, you know, Let's let's get that boat sailing straight, and uh, you know, let's find ourselves a good port, and let's all have ourselves a nice cocktail, and sit around in the campfire and have ourselves some fun. All right. And with that, you know, this has been Flying Casual Star Wars podcast, and uh, I look forward to all, seeing all you guys next month. Have yourselves a good old time, and may the force be with you.